Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Whew. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Whew. My goodness. Hello again, family. Uh, <laughs> I miss seeing your faces in person. I am Trevor, uh, Minister Trevor Stevens, um, a minister here, of course, at Tabernacle Praise. First, giving honor to God and under uh, the bishop, um, Lady Jackson, all the ministers and elders, um, and of course, the saints, the mighty lay people of Tabernacle Praise. Amen. So I got put on the spot, <laughs> but uh, I pray that, that this word blesses you. Um, you heard the reference scripture read earlier from Habakkuk uh, 3. Uh, we started at verse 16 through 19. <clears throat> Let's see if I can, it's better. You hear me better now? Yeah. Okay, all right. So we uh, had the reference scripture read earlier from Habakkuk 3, um, 17, 16 through 19. I'm going to read verses 17 through 19 in Habakkuk. And the other scripture reference, just so you can have it for yourself, Revelation 1-9. Revelations 1-9, okay? All right. So Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19. When a fig tree does not bud... There are no grapes on the vine when the olive trees do not produce and the fields yield no crops. When the sheep disappears from the pen and there are no cattle in the stalls, I will rejoice. I will rejoice because of the Lord. I will be happy because of the God who delivers me. The sovereign Lord is my source of strength. He gives me the agility of a deer. He enables me to negotiate the rugged terrain. Hallelujah. Revelations 1.9, I'll be reading from the um, English standard for this scripture. Let me know when you got it. Say amen. Amen. And it reads, I... John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I want to bring to you the thought, patient endurance, God enabled to overcome. You are God enabled to overcome patient endurance. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. 
Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that's already bubbled up on the inside of us today. Thank you, Lord, for, you, for your loving kindness and your tender mercy, for keeping us and for showing us your mercy even greater than we could ever understand, Lord. You, your love baffles even the wise. Lord, I thank you right now, God, for this word this morning. And I humbly ask, Father, that you would help me to minister from a perspective that will be helpful to your saints, to the ones that you call your body. Tame my mind, Lord, that I may be able to say the things that you desire. Insert what needs to be inserted, Father. Take out what needs to be taken out. Have your will in your way this morning, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Whew. Yes, Lord. First of all, I appreciate you, Kenton. Right? We didn't even have a conversation about song, but you in the spirit. I appreciate you, brother. Endurance normally comes up in a conversation or competition. We talk about endurance. In sports, like a marathon, marathon or decathlon, the competitor that endures the trial and perseveres to the end is victorious. We understand that for us to achieve great success, giving up isn't an option. So we endure the hurt and sometimes offense in our careers, in activities, and we persevere toward the goal of getting a new position or a raise or building our own business. There's multiple things that we persevere towards. And when we endure, we change. Amen? We are not the same as we were when we started. So I thought about this from the perspective, you know, of social media. Um, there are two challenges, y'all already heard of them. 10-year challenge. Um, and then the other one is how it started, how it's going. <laughs> the 10-year uh, the tenure, tenure challenge pretty much is a, a person takes a photo that they had a decade ago and compare it to where they are now to show the difference between, you know, what happened then. You know, you may have been beardless, you know, and, and, and skinny, and, you know, now you got a beard, you got a little more weight on you, if you feel me. Um, <laughs> you, you, may, you may have done your glow up, you know, in your 10 years. You know, maybe you was, you was real reserved and everything, but then now you have found, you know, what makes you look like you. The 10-year challenge shows the difference, right? Then we got how it started, how it was going, right? How it started, how it was going is more of a, a way to prove that somebody is right or wrong on social media. So they'll take a, a photo from the past and they say, this is how it started. And then they'll show you another one that says, this is how it's going. Um, I thought about that um, from the perspective of faith. Um, what would our, how it started, <laughs> how it's going look um, in the faith? Like, like right now, like what would it look like if you took a snapshot of your past self? Just, let's do a combination of the 10 year and how it started, how it's going. If we went back a decade, it's 2012. And we said, this is how it started. Faith-wise, 2022, how you looking? Feel me? How you looking? You know, so I mean, I, I thought about that. 
And, and it took me to Revelations 1-9, which uh, I had not even considered what John, John was addressing, was about to address the churches in Revelation. And, and, and he said that he is a brother, a partner in tribulation, the kingdom, and the patient endurance that are in Jesus. So there are two words, patient endurance. You know, I looked it up in multiple translations. It's normally endurance or perseverance in certain translations. But I was like, why is there competition, so to speak, on why it's being changed? So I went to the Greek, and the words patient endurance literally translates to to remain under the authority of another. To remain under the authority of another. To patiently endure speaks to submitting to the authority to undergo challenges. Like a soldier being sent on a mission by the commanding officer. So for the believer, you do not suffer just for your own strength. I'm sorry. You do not suffer just from your own strength or suffer for the sake of suffering. You do not have to go through trials only in your own strength. No. You were not built for that. You are God-enabled to have the strength to remain under the challenges he gives to you and be victorious in them all. Apostle John made sure to say that all those things were in Jesus. So the suffering is in Jesus. The challenges are in Jesus. So I wanted to look at two people. One is the Apostle John, because I thought it was, he has a very interesting track record in scriptures. <laughs> and normally people think about Paul, about radical transformation. But I'm going to talk about John today. But also I'm going to talk about the prophet Habakkuk. And what he went through is just two points. I won't be before you long, seriously. <laughs> before you long. I means what I say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just want, I want to bring you two points. And we're going to start with Habakkuk, okay? The man who went from the skeptic prophet to the radical believer. How it started, skeptic. How it's going, radical believer. First point, avail yourself to God's perspective. Avail yourself to God's perspective. In Habakkuk, after praying to the Lord for the nation's deliverance, he was speaking of Judah, from their evil enemy, the Lord God revealed he was in power in Babylon to go to war against them. Now, if you're praying to the Lord and you're like, Lord, I need you to, to move all these people that have been bothering me away from me. And the Lord said, you know what? I'm going to get them raises. What the world, Lord? I mean, this is pretty much the response, <laughs> respectfully, the response to Habakkuk. What the world, Lord? What are you trying? Like, okay, so you, you're telling me that you're going to reward the people who are making your people suffer. Where's the justice, Lord? Have we heard that conversation? Where's the justice, Lord? Why are you not moving? 
As a matter of fact, Habakkuk got so bold, he said, I'm going to stand right here like a watchman. And I'm going to wait for the Lord's response. I know I'm right. That's pretty much where he was at, respectfully. <laughs> Make sure I put him respectfully. He didn't call out God's name, but he did say, no, 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 Lord. I'm going to wait right here. Meet me here. Square up. I need to know what it is you're trying to say. The Lord came back with five woes and put him in his place. Habakkuk then was looking at the plan of God and was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That, that's, that was a little bit more than what I was thinking you was going to do. And it humbled Habakkuk. Right? But what changed? You know, so, I mean, like, I, I processed that. I'm like, Habakkuk, from the beginning, skeptic. God told him his plan, then all of a sudden, he's like, I'm in awe. God didn't miraculously remove the enemy. Right? The enemy's still there. As a matter of fact, they got more land. If you look at history, it wasn't just Judah. Babylon sweeped over the west side of the bank, the Transjordan. They took over everything. So the only thing that changed in this interaction between Habakkuk and God was that Habakkuk saw God's perspective. After seeing the evil of both, let's keep it at 100, both were evil, Judah and Babylon. There was no exception before God's eyes. Evil is evil. He don't care if you his people. Evil is evil. And he gave him the perspective, a higher perspective. And he said, look, after seeing the evil of both of these nations, like Judah and Babylon, and the mercy and justice of God at work, Habakkuk realized his perspective was too small. Perspective deals with how far one can see into the distance. A proper perspective helps you make better decisions, adds extra insight into your surroundings, and opens you up for better understanding. We saw another example like this in the scriptures with Elisha. And Elisha and his servant. It was in 2 Kings. And the servant was kind of panicking. This is a TC paraphrase. He was kind of panicking. And Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes. Open his eyes up so he may see what's going on around him. And the Lord opened up the servant's eyes. He looked around. He saw chariots of fire. Armed and ready to go to war. What changed in that, point, in that moment for the servant? It wasn't the fact that what he was thinking was, was right. His perspective on what he could see changed. Peter in Acts, Acts 10, was given a vision by, um, by Christ to eat unclean things to prepare to go to Cornelius' house. Lord, I ain't eating this, Peter said. I'm not eating this, Lord. You know, I'm, I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew or Jews. I don't eat no stuff like this. The Lord said, you will eat what I prepare for you. What changed? His perspective. So you're talking about the Jew or Jews who did not have any desire to go and talk to the Gentiles. The Lord changed his perspective and said, you will eat what I want you to eat. And he went. And Cornelius' whole household 
was transformed radically by the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, it was so, it was so beautiful the way that this happened. Because I believe that Peter probably had doubts. But while he was talking, the Spirit of the Lord descended on the people and they began to speak in tongues and pray and, and prophesy and worship in the household. He didn't have to lay hands on them. It was something new to him. The Lord was at work because of a changed perspective. God's perspective is far more informed than our own and offers us a glimpse of his power at work in the earth. That's why after hearing the report of God over the situation regarding all that he had asked for, this is Habakkuk, Habakkuk in 3.1 said that he stood in awe of the Lord's deeds. A higher perspective of God's action in your life makes you put things in the right places. So here's how it started, how it's going for Habakkuk. His first prayer began with, Lord, how long? How long, Lord? Third prayer, well, final prayer. Lord, I am in awe. Lord, I am in awe. I'm in awe of you. His whole perspective changed so drastically that he went from asking God skeptically, why are you taking so long? To Lord, I'm in awe of your word. I'm in awe of what you're doing. The Lord wants you to consider his perspective so that your prayer towards him, even during suffering, will be, Lord, I'm in awe. I'm in awe. Perspective will aid in changing your ability to patiently endure. Now, Apostle John, the son of thunder, Right? We say that thing jokingly until we realize that he really was a son of thunder. <laughs> he was a son of thunder. But the son of thunder, how it started, to the apostle of love, how it's going. So, we look at John's life. John and his brother, James, were called from his, father, from his father's ship. Um, Jesus was passing by on the shore. He bid them come, they came. And they got their nicknames from Christ now. Like, this ain't no nickname from, from Peter and them. The Lord called them the sons of thunder. The Lord called them the sons of thunder. I wonder if he said that jokingly. I, I, I just, I, I processed that. I said, I wonder, Lord, if you were, like, just poking at them a bit. But, like, telling them what they, who they really were at the time. But the scriptures revealed that they were zealous. My James and, uh, James and John. They were zealous. They were filled with zeal. They were very confident and very bold, right? They were so bold. Um, <laughs> well, let me not get ahead of myself. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> whether that was wanting to call down fire from the heavens on Samaritans. Read the account. <laughs> they, they refused to give Jesus logic because he was going to Jerusalem. And John went to the Lord and said, Lord, should I call down fire from heaven to smite these fools? I mean, like, like this. And the Lord was like, bro, no, man, no. We, no. That's not what we're doing, man. That's not what we do. You know, but, but I thought it was interesting that, you know, this man, John, normally gets scooted over for like a Paul, you know, or Peter. You no, know, we know I'm going to talk about But I'm like, John had some radical change in him. 
He went from that, right? Well, go a little bit more. Also, he tried to negotiate a throne. Lord, um, let me get ahead of myself again. Let me give you the second point. Submit your passion to Christ's love. Okay? Submit your passion to Christ's love. This is what we're learning from John. John had lots of passion. Mark 10, 35 through 41, for scripture reference, and I'm going to read it for you, but just so you can have it for yourself. Um, we record John and James' interaction with the Lord about him trying to find a way to get that throne. And it reads, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. To the Lord Jesus Christ. Bold. And he said to them, Christ, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit. One on your right and one on your left in your glory. Right? Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? This is the answer. And they said to him, we are able. We can do that, Lord. As long as you give me this throne, though. Throne is a negotiating factor here. You know, if you give me the throne and we able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right or my left is not mine to grant. But it is for those for whom it has been prepared. Jesus warned them and told them that they sip from his cup. Maybe they thought it was red wine, you know, or a kingdom. As we know around this time, they were still in the belief that Jesus was going to establish a physical kingdom. So maybe in their mind, they said sipping from a cup, red wine, red wine, Jerusalem. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we, 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 we can do that, Lord. I mean, you need us to make the wine? I mean, they probably were in that frame of mind. <laughs> you know, when it came to this, they're like, yeah, we can do that. But on the night of Jesus' arrest, John began to understand the bitterness of the cup he would have to drink. We know from his account of Jesus' trial that he and Peter followed Jesus to the house of the high priest. There he watched as Jesus was bound and beaten. In our record, John was the only disciple who was an actual eyewitness, eyewitness to Jesus' crucifixion. He was standing close enough to the cross for Jesus to see him. As we know, Jesus commissioned his mother to John's care because he was there. He likely watched as the Romans drove nails into our Lord. He was there when a soldier pierced Jesus in the side. And perhaps as he watched, 
He remembered that he had agreed to partake of the same baptism. If so, he surely realized then that there, that he surely realized then and there how awful, and for his, for his perspective, how much of a difficulty it was to drink from this cup. Here's your warning. Whatever you are moved to do in passion, make sure it is submitted to Christ's unfailing love. Amen? John in the beginning believed his passion was enough. He was pushing God for, for, for places of authority. He even defended his brothers in his pursuit of power, in that sense. He wanted glory. Offended all his brothers. Jesus had to rally them back in because of his boldness and his zeal. Misplaced. Your passion placed totally anywhere else is a hazard to you and others. Passion without a purpose being driven by Christ only burns those that are close to you. Passion is usually described as fire. It's untamed fire when it's not tamed by the Lord. But John did not let what he experienced to stop his passion from being faithful to the Lord. Even as he grew older and began to see the fruition of Christ saying, you will drink from my cup. He endured until the end. When James, his brother, became the church's first apostolic martyr, first apostolic apostle, that was martyred. John bore the loss in a more personal way. This is his brother. But his passion did not fail. And his love for Christ did not fade. As the other disciples were martyred one by one. And John, suffering the grief and pain of additional loss, refused to let his passion for the lost to die, nor his faith to fade. He still pressed forward. Soon he was alone by himself. The last of the originals. In some ways, that may have been the most painful suffering of all. Virtually all reliable sources in the early church attest to the fact that John went to Ephesus, the church that Paul had established and found it. From there, during a great persecution of the church under the, under the Roman emperor um, Domin, um, Domination, I think is how I say his name, Domination, um, he was to Athen Nero, was, that was the burning, and then Titus came in, destroyed Jerusalem, and then you got Domitian who came in and got the, came for the Christians. Close to 40 years of persecution in the early church that John was the apostle when Gnosticism was, was, was taking over the church. Gnosticism being a, a form of worship that looked like Christianity, but it wasn't Christianity. John was there alone, by himself, but he willingly suffered. He willingly suffered. He bore it anyway. There wasn't one complaint from him. You can check the record. Go through the whole book of John. Go through Revelations. Go through the epistles. 
John never complained. He never complained. He likely wrote revelations under extreme duress, being an older man on the Isle of Patmos, caves and rocks, high temperatures and humidity. And the Lord came to him there. But he never mentioned his difficulties. Lord have mercy. John began as the son of thunder. Pride, brashful, zealous, confident, somewhat self-absorbed. <laughs> somewhat self-absorbed. Demanding glory from Christ with unmerited desires. But he became the one who would patiently endure suffering, encouraging foreigners and the saints, only looking for Christ's glory rather than his own. John realized that it wasn't his own power or strength that carried him, but the love of God kept him as he continued in faithfulness. In whatever way, in whatever way, you are at the present moment, please remember that your suffering was given to you. Your suffering was given to you. And that you, enabled by God, can overcome it. Like John, he faced death and destruction, suffering and tribulation, and yet he endured. Through our faith and endurance in Christ, we can overcome the burdens of life and look forward to the glory and majesty of God. And I want you to hear John's words. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 through 5. And it reads as such. This is the conquering power that has conquered the world, our faith. Now, who is the person who has conquered the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Our faith in Jesus has already overcome the world. It's overcome your suffering. And any present suffering should not, be, should not come to you as a surprise or discourage you, but encourage and sanctify, encouraging you into a sanctifying expectation for the glory to come. Patiently endure until the end because your Savior has given you each the ability to overcome it. COVID has taken a lot away. The world has changed, correct? The way we interact changed. I'm ready to hug all y'all. <laughs> I had to restrain myself. And though you suffer in whatever capacity there is, please keep it in your heart today that God enabled you. That was hard for me, to be honest with you to be transparent for a moment. It was hard. That the suffering that I've suffered was given to me. 
but the Lord wants us to grow. He wants us to grow. And if it's under his authority, we can trust him to keep us when we go through it. Amen? That was the message. Hallelujah, Lord. So I want to say this to the saints, the mighty lay people. The reason I call you mighty lay people is because there's a, a problem in the, in, the, in the faith where people desire titles and um, people are desiring positions, kind of like John did. That's what, you know, John, John is a great example for people to really slow down and look at. They desire positions and power without really considering what was actually going on around them. But the faith is not particularly advanced by the scholar. It's only a few scholars, which is fine. The faith is advanced by the mighty layperson throughout every single generation. It's your life. Your life. My life, too. It's your life that goes into the communities, that lives out the, word, the purposes of the Lord before people. You may not be able to quote 55 scriptures, but you sure know how to live it. Amen? The mighty layperson patiently endure. You are enough. Do I need to say that again? You are enough. You are enough. We have to nip this in the bud, in the faith. Singers will not take us to glory. Prophets and pastors, and they ain't taking us to glory. Ministers ain't taking you to glory. Jesus is taking you to glory. And Jesus offered everybody. Not just the pastor. Not just the pastor. The singers anointing us that they can do inflections. Thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit being in that person. To rile you up. To stir, to stir your faith up. But their singing will not take you to glory. We need to watch our words. Amen? That's all I got. Hallelujah, Lord. I pray that you be encouraged today to go forward and patiently endure. Patiently endure. So today, this is the invitation to the lost. You are suffering in more ways than one. Not only is it present suffering, but you're in spiritual suffering. Without Christ, without Christ, there's no hope. So today, I'm offering hope. Simple prayer. With a full heart. If you say this with me, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. 
But now I believe that you went to the cross and you died on the cross, but yet you were raised from the dead. I believe in the resurrection. I believe in the ascension. I believe in the power of your blood to save me. Save me now. I am yours in Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that very simple prayer, the one thing that we have to realize is that none of this stuff is magical. This is a process. It's a journey. But if you said that simple prayer, you've been course corrected towards heaven. You had two ways before, now you had one. You're on the path to the one, the way, Jesus Christ. And we welcome you to the faith. And if you listen to this broadcast or even a podcast, go to our website, twopraise.org. And under the, under the contact section, there is a, a form that says, welcome to the faith. Fill out that form and we'll be in contact with you. If you're on Facebook Live, please drop a message into the chat and we'll definitely get back with you as well. God bless you. God bless you, saints. God bless you, T.O.P. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.